Hello, I'm Leslie Garfield Tenzer, and this is Lord of Fact. On this episode, I speak with divorce attorney Ron Bavero about his new book, An Elephant Doesn't Marry a Giraffe Everything I Learned as a Divorce Attorney. Hello, it's been a minute, but I'm returning because my friend Ron Bavero wrote a great book, and I want to share it with you. In his book, An Elephant Doesn't Marry a Giraffe, Everything I Learned as a Divorce Attorney, Ron shares some great stories and also provides essential advice for those of you planning to practice family law. The book is also of value to anyone thinking about or going through a divorce. The book's available on Amazon, and I encourage you to check it out. One more thing. I have a new podcast now called Legal Tensor, Casual Conversations on Noteworthy Legal Topics. Unlike Law to Fact, where I focus on helping students learn about the law and practice, Legal Tensor explores timely legal issues. But as promised, Law to Fact will remain up and running, and I continue to be overwhelmed and appreciative of all your support. You can check all my podcasts out on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen. So with an eye toward helping future family lawyers, here is my discussion with Ron Bavaro. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, it is a pleasure, and I'll be honest, I know you professionally and I know you personally, um, but it's it's always good to see someone that I know and care about write a book, especially a book as important as this. So what I loved about this book was that it really kind of spoke to two groups of people, to the people who want to be divorce attorneys or family law attorneys, and to the people who are getting divorced. I mean, it did have a little, some pearls of wisdom there if you're about to get divorced. So let's start more with, uh, well, let's start at the beginning. Why did you decide to write this book? All right. So I think what ended up happening is that every time I talked to someone and I told them that I was a divorce attorney, I would usually get one of two reactions. Number one, how can you possibly stand to do this kind of work? Mm-hmm. And the second one reaction was, uh, you must have some interesting stories to tell. And so the answer to those two questions became the genesis of the book. So, for example, you know, how can you stand doing it, this type of work? What I came to realize after doing this for many, many years is that this work as a divorce attorney is probably the most interesting compelling kind of work that you could do as an attorney. And the reason for that is actually, you know, coincides with why we all became attorney, a desire to help other people, particularly people who are going through a very, very challenging and difficult time. And so um, being a divorce attorney gave me that opportunity to help people probably in one of the worst moments of their life. Um, the second part of it is you must have stories to tell. Indeed, I do. And I have many, many of these stories in my book. But the stories, while they're interesting, compelling, and funny, um, have a purpose. And the purpose is to help people who either are about to go through uh, a divorce or are contemplating divorce or maybe even in the middle of it. And so the stories in a very practical way tell people what they need to know about the process of divorce and to help them through that. And it also is aimed, as you said, to the divorce attorneys, because we talk about how attorneys can most effectively help people through that case. 
Yeah, so it's interesting, you know, I, as I, I, I read this and, and let me be clear, you are a divorce attorney, but you're not the quintessential divorce attorney. <laughs> you have a big <laughs> heart. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So, and we think of these as divorce attorneys as sharks, but a couple things stuck with me. First, the stories. And, and I think about the story of Tony who breaks the rocks, you know, right. and, and you use this kind of metaphor of this guy who his job is crushing rocks. And he tries to kind of crush the other side or um, the guy who was on a yacht. This is, So there was a, one of the stories was a, a gentleman who was getting divorced from his wife, living on a yacht with his girlfriend and is saying he doesn't have enough money. Yes. What struck me about that is, oh, when he wanted, he also wanted um, custody, I think was in the case. So what struck me about that was why is someone who clearly wants out of marriage and they're getting out of a marriage, why do they still insist on kind of, for lack of a better word, pummeling the other side? I mean, that that's something I've never understood about divorce. Like, I, I'm divorced. I know people who are divorced. If you get what you want, why do you keep going? Okay. And so- I, And let me just interrupt by saying, yeah. in fairness, my ex-husband is a very good guy. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, I think that that all stems from the approach that people take to life in general. You know, a lot of people, if you talk to them about any endeavor, say, you know, I have to win this competition. I have to win this event. And very often in the context of divorce, people are very much trying to, quote unquote, win their divorce case. And so for them, winning is, you know, getting more of the assets or minimizing your support obligation or getting one more overnight in the custody visitation realm than the other side has. And so that desire to win, to somehow, um, you know, get to the point where you perceive yourself as the one who won the case is motivating this in part. So, let's go let's go back to the book itself it's called an elephant doesn't marry a giraffe everything you need to know about divorce why did you title it an elephant doesn't marry a giraffe okay um that expression an elephant doesn't marry a giraffe is a very very common expression used by divorce attorneys it's like you know one of the little slogans of the profession of divorce attorneys and so what does it really mean well it comes out of the notion that very often when attorneys are discussing their cases, one attorney turns to the other and says, you know, your, your client is being very diff difficult. They are trying to run over my client and they're doing all these horrible things. And so the response of the other attorney is, hey, listen, your client is no trip through the woods either, hmm. you know. An elephant doesn't marry a giraffe, meaning both of those clients are probably more alike than they're not alike. And so that was the, you know, the emphasis that was given to that phrase. I see. I see. That makes total sense. And yeah, you know, people do fall in love. Um, you know, there's a reason why they got married in the first place. Of In all your experiences as a diverse attorney, which is there one that stands out? that's worth sharing? Um, I mean, I really have in my book, in the context of all the stories, 
kind of highlighted uh, the, the cases. If I had to pick one that ended up being uh, perhaps one of the more interesting cases, toward the end of the book, there are two cases cited in the area of adoption. So, um, you know, my stories are not just simply divorce stories, right. but also family law stories that encompass areas like adoption. And the adoption case ended up being one of the more interesting cases. It was a situation where a child had been placed with adoptive parents. Eventually, the mother and the father uh, decided that they wanted the baby back, that this had been a horrible mistake. And so I was representing the adoptive parents in the matter to retain uh, custody of the child. That case not only went on for years and years, it not only tested the constitutionality of the adoption statute in New York, but we actually filed briefs in the United States Supreme Court mm. about the issue that was the subject of that case. And so I think about that case, you know, very often because of all of the complex issues that arose out of it and how often does a local divorce attorney end up filing briefs in the United States Supreme Court? You know, not that often. You know, it's interesting that you bring that up. This is kind of as an aside, but I just, um, for my podcast, interviewed another woman who was a staff attorney for the New Jersey Attorney General's office. And she was like 30 years old and she ended up filing a brief for the Supreme Court too. So I just want to say to people listening, you just don't know where your career will take you. That seems to be a theme across all of my um, my podcasts. But getting back to where your career has taken you, um, I think one of the most interesting um, art, uh, chapters in the book for people who are both divorce attorneys and people thinking about getting divorced. And let me be clear, I think this is for lawyers as much, if not more so than for um, people thinking they're getting divorced, is I think it's time to see a divorce attorney. At what point, you know, you highlight some stories about that too. At what point do you think an attorney feels like they should, it's worth their people's while to come to them? Um, so this is very much a personal decision by the client. And if you recall, I basically talk about people being in two different categories in terms of going to see a divorce attorney. So there's the first category of people who know they want a divorce, have basically, and they often use the phrase when they come to the consultation, this has been coming for a long time, they say, and they're there basically to gather as much information so that they can put together a divorce plan before they even announce it to their spouse. The hmm. second category of people are people who are totally unaware. They use the words, I was blindsided by this. It came out of nowhere. And they hear the words, you know, I want a divorce and they don't know where to start. And so the book seeks to kind of help this latter category of people who don't know where to start, who don't even know, you know, how to locate and find an attorney. Um, and one of the things that I suggest in the book is that even that latter category of people who say, this came out of nowhere, you basically, I'm sorry, you, you have some inkling 
you know, right. of what's going on. And if you're about to um, embark upon a different path in your personal life, if you're going to have a child, if you're going to move to a different state, if you're thinking about it, changing careers, those kinds of major life decisions are the product of, you know, lots of reflection. And I'm suggesting in the book that sometimes, not for everyone, but sometimes people have to take stock of where their marriage is before they make those important uh, life choices. And so the chapter about, I think it's time um, to, you know, see a divorce attorney um, kind of moves in that direction to say, maybe it's time to think about that and at least get information. I'm not saying when you go to the divorce attorney, you, you know, you've already made your decision, but it's getting information. So yeah, information is knowledge. I always say <clears throat> that people can put on the thickest rose color glasses if they want to. Right. And sometimes it works to someone's detriment. Um, I want to get to the other side and then I have a couple more questions. But what are your 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 last chapters is great departing lines. So we talk about when you come in and then right. you highlight some great departing lines. Can you talk about that for just a second? OK, so um, as I say in the book, you know, I've been the. Uh, party to many great departing lines and women in particular seem to be particularly adept to this. And so in the context of great departing lines and gestures, um, you know, there was this uh, case that I even talk about early in the book where a woman was um, in a divorce case with her husband and they're trying to settle the case. And at each stage, the husband is offering more and more concessions. And the wife keeps saying, I want one more thing. When the judge finally said, ma'am, you've gotten all these concessions. What one more thing could you want? The woman's reply was, I want to leave this marriage the way that I came into it, a widow. And that, was <laughs> and for her, that was, you know, one of the, uh, the departing gestures, you know. Um, and right. there, there are many other examples that I use, you know, um, there is even, I mean, this, the, the lengths to which people will go in a divorce case, and even after the divorce case are unbelievable. Um, there was the reference in the book, the couple gets divorced, the wife had been having an affair, the husband, of course, was angry and, you know, um, really upset with his wife and wanted to punish her for this transgression. He ended up buying, after the divorce, the house next door to her and erected a giant sculpture about 15 feet high of a middle finger and lit it up every night. That's so that sick. The, so that the wife could see this. This was his departing gesture. Right, you know? right. I mean, it's, right. You know, uh, yeah, that's crazy. It's unfortunate to have that much anger, but it is kind of, well, I mean, but these are true stories. You know, right. as I read the book, I thought to myself, boy, you seem to be representing a lot more women than men. And it's, the funniest thing is like in one of the chapters, I don't remember which one, it says, you must be thinking I represent a lot more women than men. Yes. But do you think that's just, why is that? Like, do you represent a lot more women? And is it just because of word of mouth? Or what do you think that's all about? 
I, I think that um, what ended up happening is that people come to the consultation looking for a particular style of representing a client. And for whatever reason, I think a lot of women felt comfortable coming to me in the role of here's somebody who's smart, who's bright, who's practical, who will help me get through this situation. And so um, I even talk about the fact that when you select an attorney, uh, one of the things that I have frequently seen over the years is that people tend to hire who they are. Oh, interesting. And so if someone is, as I say in the book, a Wall Street wise guy who wants to quote unquote win their case, that's who they're hiring as an attorney. Mm -hmm. They're hiring somebody to basically crush the other side. Right. And if someone comes to the consultation as a bright, studious person who wants to get the case resolved, that's who they're hiring as an attorney. The problem with approaching that process in that manner is when the person who hires the attorney who's going to be their hired gun goes against Miss, you know, let's all collaborate and get this case done. It's not going to work out well. And so the touchstone for hiring an attorney should not be, let me hire someone who's a clone of myself, but rather let me hire someone who can handle my spouse. That should be the case. And people who came to my office, you know, in a sense had someone who cared about resolving their case, who was going to treat them courteously and, and professionally, but also someone who could try the case if necessary and make sure that they can handle, you know, the spouse on the other side. That's really great advice. Let me hire someone who can handle my spouse. That's really great advice. And I think that's good advice for divorce attorneys too, to think about in terms of when they're representing someone that they're their strategy. It's like thinking about the other side, what the other side's going to argue, right? Before right, you right. kind of handing your argument. Um, last question for you. What did you learn about being a divorce attorney from writing this book that you may have not known? Or what realization did you have that you may have not known before you embarked on the book? Okay, that's a great question. So um, I think it gave me a greater appreciation of my career up to date, that writing the book and having to talk about what's important and how people should um, represent clients involved in these tragic situations gave me a sense of fulfillment about representing people and helping them through that um, difficult time. Because when you're going through it, it's just horrible. I mean, everyone is stressed. The, you know, the clients are stressed. The, the attorneys are stressed. The, the judges are stressed. It is a highly emotional, stressful experience. And so that causes you, as you may know, not to really enjoy every single day of your life, you know, yeah. especially when you're in the middle of it. But the ability to look back 
And to hear from so many people who have bought the book or have said, you know, I really appreciate, you know, what you said about me in the book gave me the overall sense of, you know, this is a, a job well done in a sense. You know, it was important to help these people get to that place. That's great. Well, the book is An Elephant Doesn't Marry a Giraffe, Everything I Learned as a Divorce Attorney. It's a great read. It's actually a very easy, enjoyable read on a not so enjoyable topic. Um, yes. So I really, really, really enjoyed it. I'm not just saying, I really did. So thank you so much for taking the time. I will post the link to the book, um, the Amazon, so that people, readers can purchase it, or listeners, I should say, could purchase it. And uh, thank you for taking the time to chat with me today. Oh, thank you very much, Leslie. And that's my discussion with Mom Vivero. As I said, the book is An Elephant Doesn't Marry a Giraffe. It's available on Amazon. And please check out my other podcast, Legal Tensor, available on all podcast platforms. Thanks for joining me. See you next time.